Hey everybody, welcome back to another edition of Bavarian Podcast Works. This is Chuck Smith and I am here to bring you the preview show where we are going to go through the Bundesliga opener which will feature Bayern Munich versus Borussia Mönchengladbach. It will take place at Borussia Park and this one should be a great one for the season to really kick off with both teams uh, making their debuts under new managers uh, both teams are exciting, have a lot of talent, but also both have their challenges. So I know that more than just Bayern and Borussia Mönchengladbach fans will be watching this one uh, pretty eagerly because people want to see what these teams are all about and how having new managers might affect them. And for a team like Gladbach, which is kind of in the midst of, uh, you know, just a bunch of transfer rumors with some of their key players uh, and really appear to be a team in transition, um, more so than ever, this could be an opener that helps dictate the way things go for their season. Uh, as for Bayern Munich, obviously, uh, they have, uh, you know, a championship-worthy starting 11, obviously. Uh, the depth on the squad is uh, thin, to say the least, but they also have one of the brightest young coaches in the game, Julian Nagelsmann, and I think most people are just fascinated by what might be coming and they want to see how this plays out under Nagelsmann. This is a, a coach that's considered innovative. Uh, he's, a great, uh, he, he's a great strategist who embraces technology and analytics and uh, just basically finding new and innovative ways to play the game uh, or even approach the game. And, and I think that that approach at Bayern Munich is something that the club is really looking forward to as they are in a transition period of evolving from what is, you know, amounted to be a phenomenal error, uh, era, not error, that was a Freudian slip there, uh, <laughs> a phenomenal era under the likes of Thomas Muller, Manuel Neuer, uh, Robert Lewandowski, to, you know, just to name a few. I mean, this is a, an era of Bayern football where, you know, they won a sextuple just in 2019-2020 and last season, I would say, was successful uh, in many respects, uh, I think Byron last year was just caught with some some tough luck injuries at bad times that really prevented them from winning further trophies. But, um, you know, all that is water under the bridge. Uh, as we said, both of these clubs have new managers. And, uh, you know, let's just take a quick look at how things might play out between these two. For Machin Gladbeck, we talked about just some of the transfer rumors and, you know, around their key players. And Dennis Zakaria right now is one of those players who seems to be drawing the most attention. It's been rumored that he wants to move to the Premier League. And, you know, it's I think it's all but assumed that he's going to be leaving in a matter of days, not not weeks. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how Adi Hooter uses Zakaria if he still remains a key player or if this becomes a situation where, he finds a spot on the bench um, just because he's not really part of the future. So uh, with that, I mean, anytime there's a transfer rumor to a key player, you, you start to wonder if there if there's going to be an element of a, of distraction on the squad. You know, and obviously Zakaria is not the only one because Matthias Ginter was also linked to several teams, including FC Barcelona, which just seemed to me to be a just a crazy rumor with everything that has been going on at Barcelona this summer. Um, and, and Barca wasn't the only club interested in Ginter, but they were the most prominent one. Um, you know, just between Zakaria, Ginter, and then obviously Florian Neuhaus, who I don't think anybody believes is going anywhere during this window, but there is enough talk about him eventually leaving to be a distraction. Um, 
and, and that I think affects players, it affects management and how they want to approach building the team. Um, so by every measure right now, this Gladback side is, is in transition itself. Uh, they do have talent. I mean, there's no doubt. This is a very talented team. Uh, you don't look, really even have to look any further than in between the sticks when when you couldn't roll out Jan Sommer and you know after seeing the performance he had this summer at the Euros with Switzerland, um, you know a lot of the world found out what we Bundesliga fans already knew is that Sommer is a serious talent, um, and you know it, it's a situation where a, a squad like Gladbach, you know they finish in eighth in the, they finish eighth eighth in the table last season. Um, you know, obviously they want to build on that. They make the managerial change. Um, but I start to look at things and wonder, um, despite all the talent that they have, are they going to be able to put it together enough to get to, to really scrape their way into one of those Champions League slots? And I'm not so sure in looking at this team, despite their talent, that they're going to be able to fight through everything they're going to face. Um, you know, I, I do like a lot of their talent. I mean, if you don't like Lars Stindl and Neuhaus and Christoph Kramer and Jonas Hoffman, um, you know, Ginter, Sommer, these are all, Alisson Playa, these are these are good players. I mean, they're a formidable squad. And as, uh, you know, Lothar, <laughs> Lothar Mathaus said this week, you know, he, he rated, you know, several Bundesliga clubs as having deeper rosters in Bayern Munich, including Gladbach. And in some respects, he might be right about that. Uh, Gladbach is, like I said, very talented, but I just don't, I don't know how a club like this in transition is going to handle it. And I think that's what makes this match against Bayern Munich so fascinating because you have to look at Gladbach and think they have talent, but are they distracted? Are they buying into what Adi Hooter wants to wants to implement there? And there are just a lot of things that I don't know that that anybody knows at this point about them. Um, so when they when they take the pitch tomorrow and we see them against Bayern Munich, we really are going to see two teams in transition. And and speaking of Bayern Munich, um, you know obviously this is this has got to be exciting for fans because when you're able to to hire a coach like Julian Nagelsmann, um, you know that's something that fans should enjoy. That they should uh, be excited about. And one of the reasons I think some fans are, are maybe not as excited is just because of how everything shook out with Hansi Flick last season. Um, you know, I don't need to, to drudge through all of that, but it did take a little of the excitement away because I think if you were a huge Flick person like I was, um, you know, you were disappointed because this was a guy who had just had a unique ability to relate with and communicate to players that you don't see. And while Nagelsmann has some of those those very traits, um, it is very hard to duplicate that. And it's an old adage that you never want to be the guy after the guy. <laughs> and that's exactly where Nagelsmann is. It, it's unfortunate for him because he is a bright young coach, but he is under the microscope and he's going to continue to be that way. Um, and he'll be judged harshly, uh, unfortunately. You know, this, this is something that his career at Bayern is going to be marked with and that's you know having to follow Hansi Flick and and you know and, and while that specter will, will always be there what I think fans should probably do is just take a take a seat and, and just let it play out right like we've heard all the rumors about different formations and what players he might use and where he might use them but right now 
it just looks like it's going to be status quo. He's going to either go with a 4-2-3-1 or some kind of hybrid 4-3-3 where he's going to take uh, what looks to be his 11 best players and try and get them on the pitch. And who might those players be at this point? Well, that's a, <laughs> that, that is a good question. Um, but if I could give you my predicted lineup for this one, I would say Manuel Neuer between the sticks. We will see Alfonso Davies get the start at left back. And no, he's been banged up, but it, it appears he'll get the start and probably be subbed off. But um, it will be nice to see Davies back out on the pitch. Uh, as it's at center back, we will probably see the French duo of Dayo Upamakano and Tangai Nyanzu. Um, I didn't think I would be saying that as Byron's starting two center backs uh, to start the season, but there's a good reason for that. Uh, that's because every right back that is a viable option to play is currently injured, and honestly, there's only one. That is Benjamin Pavar, who uh, had a had a ligament injury in his ankle, and he will be out for a few weeks, which opens the door for Sulinho to return to right back and show his dominant right back form. Yes, Nicholas Sula, who I would have predicted to be a starter at center back, uh, I think it probably helped Julian Nagelsmann out a little bit with Pavard going down because he did not have to make a tough choice between Upamakano, Nianzu, and Sula at this point. And, you know, for me, I would have started Sula and Upamakano if Pavard was healthy because I, I feel like in the same way that Leroy Sané needed a year to come back from that injury, I think Nicholas Sula did too. And, you know, I've been critical of both both of those players at times, but I think now is the time to judge them. Now is, you know, year two after an ACL injury, both of those players, it's now fair game to, to look at their performances and say they should be back at 100%. Now, I know that not every patient recovers the same way and not every player is able to come back in the same form, but I think this is about time where we can look at Sula and we can look at Sané and we can say this is the player that they are. So um, I would have given Sewell the benefit of the doubt and had him start at center back because, one, he's, an old, he's older. He's a veteran. Uh, well, he's older than Nianzo. I'm not saying he's an older player, but uh, he's a veteran. Uh, he's a long track record of success. But that decision <laughs> really came off of Negelman's Nagel's, plate uh, because of Pavar's injury. So... Uh, one wild card is Josip Stanisic, who we will probably see as a substitute uh, at left back when Davies reaches his minutes limit. Uh, I know a lot of people would have expected to see Omar Richards as the sub, but uh, Stanisic has, by by multiple reports, overtaken Omar Richards and won that job as the backup left back. At midfield, everyone is expecting to see the double pivot of Joshua Kimmich and Leon Goretzka. At the attacking midfield spot, of course, Thomas Muller will be there. And I'll, whether this looks like a 4-2-3-1 or a 4-3-3, we will we'll have to wait and see. But um, either way, those three players will be make up the midfield contingent. As for the wingers, uh, this is where it gets very interesting because all three of these players believe they are the starter. Uh, all three could make a very strong case. Uh, Leroy Sané, who we just talked about, is now in his second year after the ACL injury. And... He has to prove himself. Now, interestingly, this week, Sané said he did not want to be judged by goals and assists, which, I mean, to me, I, I didn't really like that statement because, um, you know, I think when you're a forward and you're counted on the score, you, you kind of have to be judged on that. Now, 
for Sané, um, you know, he, he is a player with just dynamic ability and he is, you know, he's a big key to how well this team will do this season. Uh, Serge Gnabry obviously is, is another strong candidate to start very inconsistent season last year. Uh, obviously needs to do much better than he did. Um, and Kingsley Coman is the third option there. Uh, Coman had a, just an incredible first half of the season, but then was pretty dreadful in the second half. So, um, you know, right now I'm expecting that Julian Nagelsmann looked at these three players over the past couple of weeks and is going to go with the two best players who he saw in training. So, you know, I, I will make the assumption that Sané and Gnabry will be the two starters and, you know, maybe Kingsley Coman's ongoing contract fracas is, uh, plays a role in this, but I would expect the German duo of Sané and Gnabry to be the starters. Uh, at striker, of course, Robert Lewandowski, there is no doubt about that one, especially because Eric Maxim Chupomoting is banged up with a lower back injury, so... Yeah, you couldn't even have used him anyway. So uh, that's the starting 11 I would go with for Bayern. Uh, I'm interested to see what Nagelsmann comes up with and see if it matches up with, with what I think. Uh, obviously, um, you know, I think you should take my opinion. But, uh, you know, it's it, it'll, it'll be fun to see how this, how this one shakes out. As for a prediction on this one, um, I'm going to go with Bayern Munich as a 3-1 winner over Gladbach. And why I think that that will the game will play out that way is because I feel like, like I said multiple times, both of these teams are in transition. Both are in their debut games under new managers. When it comes down to this, I'm going to look at which team has the better starting eleven. I'm going to go with Bayern Munich. I think that the Bavarians want to get off to a strong start. I think Nagelsmann will have the team prepared. You know, I think Adi Hütter will have his squad prepared as well, but I just don't think they match up. Uh, you know, quite as quite as well as as some other teams in the league might against Bayern at this point. Um, you know, it's really one of those things where the first game of the season anything could happen. I mean, literally anything. So we'll go with Bayern to win this one. And uh, for you Americans out there, uh, before I wrap this up, you might want to keep an eye out on Gladback. Uh, on outside back Joe Scally, who uh, had a really, really strong preseason. He performed really well against Bayern in the friendly uh, that the two clubs had uh, a couple of weeks back. So Scally is one you want to keep an eye on. But this one should be fun. You know, you got to sit back and enjoy this. Uh, this is one of uh, this is the kickoff to the season. It's one of the special days of the year. It's one of the few times you're going to be able to sit back and watch a game with kind of a clear conscience about what's going on around the team, how the team's been playing, because... There is no track record at this point. We're all zero and zero. Uh, it should be a lot of fun. I know I'm going to enjoy watching it. I think you guys should hang out at BFW tomorrow. Uh, you can check out our live blog, all of our match day coverage. Uh, of course, we'll be posting uh, stories throughout the night and into the morning uh, leading into the game. So we'll have some some great coverage all day. Love hearing your comments. Love interacting with you guys. Uh, as listeners to the podcast. So thanks for listening to this. I know it was a bit haphazard, but uh, like I said, this was one of those times where, um, you know, life got in the way of BFW. But as always, we pivot, we recover, and we get something to you guys. So thanks for listening, and we will see you next time.